Liz is a serial entrepreneur and she'll remind us how much partnerships and people around us are important for the work we do and the life we live. Her mission to empower women so they can empower those around them has led her to a lot of stuff, from trying to improve fertility health to starting the first female angel fund. We hope you'll enjoy this episode as much as Nobisa and I did. Hello, everyone, and welcome to a new episode of She Rocks Global Podcast. Uh, today we have a person uh, whom we had the pleasure to know from before. Actually, it's a good friend of Noabisa's, but was a person who, while I was on my matern- maternity leave, was helping out Noabisa and Maka from behind the scenes. And we are so happy that we'll finally uh, get to have her uh, on the scene, let's put it that way, and in front of you, because she's an amazing lady with a, with a great story. Uh, and we are sure you will find, uh, some of you will definitely find this episode inspiring, some will find it valuable, someone will learn something new, as, as it always goes without interviews, without further ado. Uh, Lee Zook, welcome to She Rocks, and um, let's kick it off with you telling us something about yourself. Cool. Thanks, Oja and Wabi, for having me. Um, I'm a big fan of She Rocks. I don't think I've missed, I've, no, I haven't missed an episode. <laughs> um, so I'm very um, honored to be here, and also, yeah, very honored to be amongst you ladies. Uh, introduce myself. I am a female <laughs> entrepreneur, um, born and bred South African. I believe very strongly in partners. I believe very strongly in networks. I, my purpose, which is a new road for me to know, I guess, if that's, is, I didn't really know the words for it before, and now I know the words, and that's to empower women, to empower themselves and empower those around them, because I believe that if we change the narrative for women and we change the power of women, we change the world, because women care about the ecosystem and what's around them. But we need to empower ourselves first as women, and so if we can create that ecosystem, that's what kind of functions. Um, Yeah, and my sister's my business partner, which I'm very lucky about, and I often do podcasts without her, but she's very much my secret source. (laughs) And the reason I am who I am, definitely both my sisters, but definitely my sister um, in business, yeah, very much. And and I believe in self-growth, and I believe in, yeah, I think that's... (laughs) That's a good intro for sure uh just a note i didn't do it uh, before but uh, with us in this interview as you heard from lee is Nuabisa as well so both from are tuning in from south africa but not from the same cities hi Nuabisa. hi good to see everyone good to see you lee and nice to be in the room with you zoya as well let's keep it going yay <laughs> so lee um i love how you uh explained your purpose to empower women to empower themselves and then those around them. Uh, it feels uh, related a little bit to what we at She Rocks on a, on a small scale are also trying to do. And then it, it also is now much clearer 
why you joined in and helped us out uh, uh, when we needed uh, additional support. Well, but actually, the reason I jumped into Help Out was because I'd never done social media before. So I was like, ooh, something I can learn. Yep, amazing group of women. Like, who's not going to jump in and learn from these women? Like, it was such a great opportunity for me. <laughs> awesome. Thank you. Thank you. But one uh, question so for you, which I'm sure uh, our audience is now asking about, is what kind of an entrepreneur, what are you working on which empowers women to empower themselves and then to empower those around them? I didn't start off an entrepreneur. I'm actually a trained professional. <laughs> I never wanted to be an entrepreneur. But I started working for my sister um, about 13 years ago, had a funny boss that I didn't like working with, the usual story of male bosses, um, and excellent, excellent um, in what he did, but I went to go work for her um, in between that, and yeah, she has a, well, she started a digital marketing business for insurance, which at the time was um, very niche, but it's now quite a saturated market, we've been very lucky. Um, worked damn hard <laughs> um and i guess in that business we our one of our main goals is to make sure that we are growing women our leadership team is majority female um and we make sure to have um certain benefits in the company that suits uh, moms so it's flexi time you can work from home um, we have different initiatives in our call center so that people can work remotely. Um, not always easy to leave to, um, where you live to come to Joburg or wherever it is to, to do a job. So we saw that that helps a lot of women. There's a lot of things we would like to add to that. Um, and uh, one of them being around fertility health and kind of that side of things because that affects um any woman, any man, but any woman. Um, and yeah, that's the one company. Then a couple of years ago, me and one of my very best friends, Charlotte and Addie and a lady, Alex, started Dazzle Angels, which was the first female-owned angel fund. Um, and we invest, only, there's about 20 of us angels um, and invest only in female-owned or co-owned businesses. We have amazing zebras. I'm very proud of and feel very honored to be in this group of angels and in this group of um, with with the people we've invested in, just learning all the time. And it's been a really a wonderful experience. Um, yeah, those are my two men at the moment. I've got a little side thing that we're working on called Overjoyed, which is around fertility funding, um, finding our feet there, finding our flow there. Yeah, dabble. We dabble. Tried many businesses, have failed many businesses, probably about eight <laughs> over the years. Um, yeah. That's so awesome. Because when I was uh, listening to you saying, well, I started this and then I started that and now I'm also starting this, I think I felt a sigh of relief when you said, like, I tried a lot of stuff which failed. <laughs> a lot. So thank you for, for noting that. Mwabisa, I think you had a comment uh, and then I stepped right in. No, not a problem. I think for me, exactly to your point around 
Lee, you talk about all the things that you started and then very clear in terms of also stepping into, and then I failed at all these things. Now, what is it that you think keeps you going and gets you to a point where you're inspired to keep starting, whether or not you know the outcome is going to be successful or not so successful, but you keep starting when, what happens in that moment? What happens in Lee that gets you to a point of starting? I'm impatient. So probably a lot of the time, if someone asks me to do something or get involved in something, I'll do it because I want to see and I want to learn and I'm like impatient to learn. My sister loves starting new things and loves trying new things and I love working with her. So often we'll discuss an issue we have and we'll be like, let's start a business and let's do that. Like there's a lot of our conversations are around creating and creative. It's around a lot of the women around me when we're like, oh, there's this, there's this. It just seems like there's always so much opportunity in our conversations. And then I'll go and do it because I think, can I must do? <laughs> so I think I'm not um, where I lack is that I don't stop to go okay, like, let me assess this. And if I do, I'm more likely in freeze <laughs> and not actually being perspective taking, but kind of going like uh, overwhelmed, like deer caught in headlights. And um, that's when, you know, I've stopped. You can go like, Lilzy, are you feeling overwhelmed? <laughs> because you know, it was not intentional. Trying to be intentional around that. But um, yeah, so honestly, I think it's the people you surround yourself with. And I think, you know, survival comes from a lot of different um, lessons and kind of childhoods and um, yeah. I love it. Uh, sorry That's for emphasizing this part as well, but I think it's uh, <laughs> it's extremely important that in almost everything we do, we are not alone. So in our failure, there is a lot of us who, who were there, and uh, when it's and then when we win as well. So in that seg uh, that that sentiment, I think it's very important. It's not we alone constantly starting new things, but it's yeah, the yeah. support. Um, system and the people and then I, I i first noticed that for example when i was studying at university uh, i had a friend who was my let's call it a study friend uh, as well and then uh you know a few days before the exam one one of us would start giving up like oh my god i cannot do it we will never make it and then the other one is uh, at that moment uh, up and saying no no we can do it i'm sure i'm sure and then in in one day the the roles change but as long as we are not in the same negative role at the same time you prevail so so well, that, yeah, and that speaks to for me the importance of differences and bringing a lot of different into everything you do because if you just bring a lot of yourself and the same into your life, into conversations, into your business, into leadership, into like you can just, as you say, you, we get stuck all on the same. If you like me, you're going to get stuck like me. If you bring the new perspective, it's a completely new way of solving something or doing something. And it's kind of that. And Lee, do you have some uh, tips how you ensure that you keep that different? differences because for example i think for myself and i'm sure for others uh, uh one way or the other we tend to first like the people who are similar to us that that's yeah, like yeah. an instinct so how do we try to fight it and be smarter about it 
Sure, that is a very, very good question. Um, I've been really lucky, I guess. <laughs> because all the people who are around me just are different and are amazing. I've never... I don't love me. So I think when it comes to men, I think I choose men that are more similar to me, which probably not. <laughs> um ideal kind of i'm learning i'm it's learning it's learning um but when it comes to people in my life i've i've honestly been very lucky who i've been exposed to very very lucky and i make sure i grab onto people <laughs> so i put in a lot of effort i'll make sure there's that consistency i'll reach out i've never been scared to reach out um never like it's just not for, for me it's like what do i have to lose um so yeah i think it's 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 things like that and i'm constantly growing so i'm constantly aware of where my gaps are and if you're aware of where your gaps are and you, you want to fill those and you want to be around people who are better than you it's like the it's like the same thing everyone tells you it's just go out and do it because if you sit in your ass at home like or you know <laughs> walk around with the same group of people doing the same things you've been doing your whole life like no you're not going to move sure so I think, I mean, again, the theme that's coming up that I'm picking up is this theme of being a doer and doing it. Um, <clears throat> and on some level, to be a doer comes with maybe some level of, I wouldn't say bravery, but it's actually saying I'm afraid, but I'm just going to still do it even though I'm afraid. And maybe that's courage. Um, and that would be my analysis of that. Um, but I want to go back to doing and part of your mission around doing has got to do with starting businesses, learning, growing yourself, understanding your gaps. What happens when Lee is not doing anything? Cheeky, cheeky question, Wabisa. <laughs> She's very, very anxious. <laughs> So I laugh when you say it's courage because I'm like, well, a lot of my therapists and my coach especially would say it's compulsion. <laughs> so I guess it's about being with myself, right, and learning what I love doing and seeing value in myself that's outside of the doing because I think I've put a lot of my value around am I doing something, who am I doing it for, who am I pleasing. So, Nwabi, you've been a great gift for me in reminding me to – do you know like just stop and or like what are you doing for you today and like maybe just read so reading has been super helpful to me and charlie's also been amazing with that and um yeah uh learning to do things that are more creative i don't know like be in my thoughts and not do which i'm learning slowly i'm definitely by no means succeeding at it but doing my best. Lee, I would also like to go back with something you said before, which I think would be good to uh, hear more details about it. When you were saying how you like different people and you surround yourself, at some moment you said, well, I don't like myself that much. <laughs> what do you mean by that? That's a good question because there are parts of myself I really actually do like. Um, I think it's more around my value. I'm never quite sure if I'm not doing what my value is. So maybe that's more. And if I'm not learning and growing, 
and then what, what why am i here and unless i remember okay you're living for your purpose or what did you do today that empowered someone else that empowered yourself so i'll often go back to that question um to kind of uh, yeah figure out what my value is but it's been a long journey and i'm constantly like i said in coaching your know, therapy uh yeah it's i don't know yeah I think a lot of people, I don't think it's a struggle no one else has. I don't think. I think a lot of, I think everyone kind of. No, absolutely. I think so, yeah. I think, and the whole point of even She Rocks is this idea of showcasing perfectly imperfect women, but actually part of that conversation is this idea of same, same, but different, where it doesn't matter where we are in the world, we're actually all kind of having the same conversation around, you know, what, what I hear when you talk about, every day you're trying to work out if you were able to live out your purpose. And the question is, what happens if you don't live out your purpose on that particular day? Um, and here's the, the, the answer, and maybe I speak as your friend, is that the sun will continue to rise in the east and it will set on the west. And so um, what remarkable pressure we put on ourselves as women when every day we're trying to figure out if we're being valuable, if we're learning, if we're growing, if we're helping other people, when actually on a particular day, all you needed to do was read a book for that whole day, and that was enough. Yeah. That's, I meant not a question. It's, it's, so it's what you keep saying to me, right, and what you keep trying to teach me. Um, like yesterday, you got me, and I was like, yeah, I'm going to read a book the whole day. And that's what I did. And it was, like, wonderful. Polished a book in a day. It was very enjoyable, like, <laughs> um. Then I didn't do anything to empower myself or anyone else. <laughs> didn't That's even a bit, because I think also um, you don't have to show up every day for your purpose. Sometimes know, yeah. you have a break. And I mean, it's a good point. I, I read somewhere because I'm now like getting back to, to work and then doing some stuff which I need to do and then some stuff which I want to do. And then I feel really bad when I don't do it uh, in a, on a good schedule, if I don't do it every day or if I, and then I, I, I saw a great uh, visual which says consistency is, uh, looks like this. And it's not uh, like every day filled in with something. It's just that over a month or over a year, you are consistent and it shows up uh, in majority of your days, but it's not every day. And I was like, okay, I, I, th this is not just me. It's obviously uh, a lot listening, of other people. And I was listening to a super interesting podcast this morning. She started um, Girls Who Code. Oh, I was listening to that this morning as well. Were you? Yes. How weird is that? Oh, yeah, that's the pandemic and how many women lost work and stopped working during the pandemic. And at the end of the day, I was just like, fuck, the system is so broken. It's so broken. Why are we, we trying to be of value in a system that is never, ever, 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 ever going to make us feel valued? Never. It's the point of the system. And like, if we just don't change that narrative with ourselves so you both like called me out spot on like thank you for your mirrors because that is it right it's like well you who's told you that that was going to be your value 
Yeah. And I think um, that's that's the work when it comes to perhaps what we we understand about what empowering yourself to empower others so that they can empower the next person. I want to know for for almost it's quite academic this question, but when we use words like empower, mm. what do you mean when you say to empower yourself so that woman can empower others to it's empower? What do we what what does empowerment look like in your mind? I, yeah, and I'm always like I should spell empower I am like in my power. Like it's when you are in your power. So you are you are in your center, you know who you are, you know what your purpose is, you are able to be there for yourself so that you are able to be there for the people around you. And you are able to show up in a supportive way. Someone said it's to be of service to yourself and to the world around you because the second you of service it's not about finding someone who's um a hero and then you need to help them or uh, you know a, i mean a victim and you need to help them or it's not about that dynamic it's more about what is my service like how am i being of service so i don't know if that answers the question of how i see empower it's like in your power and helping others to be in their power I, I love it. I like it. I'm not and sure it's the official not, definition, but I feel it that way too. Not I think, the official academic definition. Look, uh, although I always say Noabisa is uh, um, the most, the uh, let me try and say it in a, in a nice way, uh, not that trying with my English in that meaning, uh, but Noabisa <laughs> is the person who is able to put so many so good and complicated things in such a simple and big words. And I think she does it uh, so easily, like it's always on top of her tongue, uh, which it's not obviously for me, but I think this time with you defining empowerment, I think you even beat Nuabisa. I'm not sure, I see yeah, her nodding. She helped me come up with that. <laughs> Because the word empower is overused. It is overused and every word means something different to everyone else. So it, it is, it's, it's what does it mean to me? That is, that is the right question because it's what it means to me is not going to be what it means to other people. So it's important when I speak my purpose to speak what the word, each word means. Yeah. Mm -hmm. oh, Zoya, go ahead. Um, I would like, I want to change the subject, but Nobis, if you wanted to add something on this, I'm open to, okay, perfect. Um, I, I wouldn't like to drop this episode without something that you mentioned uh, uh, that you are also uh, uh, passionate about and working on, uh, that's fertility. Uh, so if, is, can you maybe elaborate a little bit more how you, started working on this issue what what do you see as a, as a solution as it's uh very related to women empowerment to this whole sense of purpose which is put on us and shall we embrace it or not and it's it's a topic that has been uh, a big part uh, of shirok's conversations before as well sure um so i don't know how much detail to go into but I basically had always had um, really tough periods growing up 
um, they would eat 10 days and I'd get my period every three weeks and I'd faint from the pain. It, I would stabilitate it. Like, I couldn't go to school. When I went to the gynecologist, they said, um, you've got cysts on your ovaries that keep popping or something. Um, and then they were like, they think it could be um, polycystic ovarian syndrome. They weren't sure. Um, could end up being endometriosis, go on the pill. Went on the pill, very grateful for the pill for very, very many years, but never went off it. And when I was 35, went off the pill and just never got my period ever again. Um, I never, I always wanted a partner, um, being like a, a spouse or a husband or a boy, whatever, a life partner. Um, kids was never in the front of my mind. Um, and I, I wasn't even sure I wanted and dated a wonderful guy. And he kind of said to me, if, if you didn't box it in this, have to have the husband and I don't want to be the wife and don't put me in this role of it affecting my whole life. If it was like everything you wanted, would you have kids? And I was like, yeah. He's like, then you want children. You need to go find out more. So um, I went to a fertility doctor who just changed my whole Dr. Matabisi. I will say your name a million times because you changed my whole perspective on she held me. She was just like, these are the tests you need to do. They were tests I'd never heard of, and I cannot believe I've never been told to do before. Your hormone levels, so your AMH, your FSH, your LH, you'll hear about it more and more now because it's more in the mainstream. But no one told me to get this all tested. Now, that tells you the age of your eggs. It tells you if you are in uh, like a specific stage of um, menopause, you might still be getting a period of being menopause at 35. Like, you don't know what the story is. Anyway, I did all my tests. She's like, you are fertile. You, you're fine, but you are 37. Uh, I was 36 at the time. Um, God, I'm getting old. <laughs> um, and she's like, you, I suggest you freeze your eggs. And I'm like, you know, no, like I'm not freezing my eggs. <laughs> it felt like a, like a shock. And I felt embarrassed. I was embarrassed that I'm in this position that I've chosen, that I'm, got a career people say like you choose it and you do choose it but I also have not met my person um and dealing with that has been very hard for me and uh, when you speak about value I think it's because a lot of my value was around being with a man um so I was never sure where to put myself um if I wasn't with a man if I didn't have a successful business and if I didn't have so times in the business is tough I lose myself um, same as when I'm not in a relationship, I lose myself. Anyway, so I was I was scared to give up on that. I was embarrassed. Um, it was also freaking expensive. Um, I did a course which really helped me understand the fertility, the egg freezing process um, with Ilanza Wellness. And I read the book that Brittany and Catherine wrote. Um, and I was like, fuck, it's literally science. How do I not know? that at 35, chromosomal abnormalities are more likely. 10% every year they go up. Like, how are we not told this from the day I'm 18? I would have fucking frozen my eggs at 30. I probably wouldn't have. But let's say, you know. Um, and then the cost. The cost is exorbitant. And I was, I applied for loans. The, the interest rates were crazy and I couldn't get. And my business partners gave me a loan. Um, at the time and forever grateful and I was like this I want to create this amazing and going through the egg freezing process I sent videos my sisters bought me like these plasters my sister took me to every appointment 
my friends were supportive my family everyone was rah-rahing me on it was the most wonderful experience i've ever had <laughs> i was like oh my god i do this every month <laughs> i was like how can i just create this for every other woman um and that's how overjoyed started and then my sister loves it loves the business so she went she's like found the best name because she is so creative and brilliant so overjoyed like ova like your eggs um and yeah, then we've just been like figuring it out. Not sure how and when and what and why, but I know that this is is really a, a really really lacking in a lot of information and a lot of money and a lot of and this is empowerment because it allows you to stay in a career longer, but it also allows you to understand your body. It allows you to understand where you are. It's just information. And without knowing your information, it's very hard to know these decisions and these choices you have. And access to money, which is uh, the biggest thing I will change in my lifetime. It, I will change it. We will awesome. change it. We will all we will, change we will, it. And we will definitely help you uh as much as we can on that mission but uh, i agree like uh, unfortunately uh women learn about this once uh, there are some you know problems once problems occur and then it's usually frustrating because there were tons of things that we could have done before and earlier and the doctors could said to us that that could be part of education and it's not uh I remember, like, uh, my, my whole uh, adolescence, uh, I, I had issues with my um, menstrual cycles. I had six months breaks. And you go alone with age 16, 17, 18 to these doctors who are very uh, author authoritarian figures. And they don't want to talk to you about details. And you're afraid to ask if you just listen you're not you, so so i think this whole process uh should be way improved because there are as as with every uh, medical condition there are a lot of steps that could be done to prevent it and improve it yeah and there are some amazing companies working on this globally amazing you know and companies that they're doing it through the employee schemes and um yeah, just through reaching out to other people. But I think, like you said, the problem is we still, it still sits in the medical industry at the moment. And this and the money and the science is owned by the patriarchy. But look, we women also invest a lot in our well being in general. So I think that changing this narrative in a different way and just getting information out there will, will should should change a lot of lives for sure yeah. okay uh let, let's move nobisa did you want to step in i'm i'm okay perfect and um last i think we are approaching the end of uh, our episode i really enjoyed it uh, but i can't leave you without answering one special question and that is lee what makes you rock Oh my gosh, the people, the women around me, the women around me, the world that I live in, the, yeah, it just makes me rock. 
this was really awesome. Thank you so much for the conversation, for uh, honesty, for showing us the true Lee uh, with all the ups and downs and struggles and wins. Uh, I hope um, you enjoyed it as well. I know Nuabisa sure did because she's smiling all the time and nodding. And, and I loved there. it. I was so <laughs> nervous. Um, I loved it. And I should have known with you two that I would love it and it would be easy. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for, for bringing all of yourself in here. And I think it's been this amazing full circle in terms of starting from your point of you know, your purpose is to empower women so that they can empower others, so that they can empower others, and then ending off and saying that what makes you rock really is because of all the women around you. And so you actually are also being empowered by people around you and in your power. And all of that comes with its vulnerabilities, its honesty, and some strange moments, I'm sure. But at least we get to have a laugh. And thank you for your time. Thank you both. This has been amazing. And yeah, I'm very grateful for She Rocks Global. <laughs> she Rocks Global is a podcast collaboration produced by Maka Botta, Rabi Samayema and Zoya Kukic. This episode of She Rocks Global was recorded remotely and was mixed by Priya Patel of 400 Seats. Theme music for this podcast is composed through a collaboration between South African musician Nosihe and Hannah Sigasa from Germany. Mixing engineer is T Luminous. She Rocks Global is a podcast that showcases perfectly imperfect women from around the world. You can contact us through our LinkedIn and Instagram accounts, handle She Rocks Global. Please subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen to your podcasts. Until next time, keep rocking.